When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. and welcome to Why Are You Like This, a podcast devoted to finding out who we are and why we do the things we do. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, and today I am joined by one of the smartest, funniest, kindest, gorgeousest creatures to walk the planet. You could see her performing all over New York City and sometimes even on a city bike. Please welcome to the mic, Miss Julie J. Hello, hello, Ryan. How you doing? Hi, sweet angel. I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> I'm so good. I also love the city bike reference. I, when it's the summertime, I will absolutely bike to the gig. <laughs> city bike. <laughs> and Actually, home. I shouldn't say and home. I should say I don't bike to the gig because I'll like sweat on my way there. But if it's mm. finished, I will bike home. Absolutely. I do love the idea of seeing a half finished drag queen like biking to the gig. Yes. Just like no <laughs> lashes on. Yeah. No, no, not a lip on, but just like beat and just pumping it on the bike. Just letting it bake while you're <laughs> yes, exactly. flying through. Just just powder right underneath the eyes. Yeah. It's like flying behind them as they're going. It's taking like that. subway drag queen to a whole new level, you know? A whole new level. And I I am a a firm believer in because because queens like a lot of queens that i know they will they're like i am only taking cars to shows and i would much rather save the money <laughs> it's so ex <laughs> it's so expensive and i'm like you know what i will take the train i have no problem i think it i mean i've never stepped out in drag so correct me if i'm wrong mm -hmm. but isn't there a bit of bravery in that there is there is a bit of bravery and i i sometimes i I don't realize how brave I am being getting on the train in drag and even just walking down the street in drag. I mean, like last night I had a, I was a part of a Mad Max show that Just June was producing at $3 Bill. And I looked crazy. I looked, uh, because it was kind of like a, a cosplay situation. So I was dressed up as Furiosa from the movie Mad Max. All right. And these, yeah, I mean, my head was painted black. Is that the Charlize Theron? Yes. Mm -hmm. okay. Char okay. I was Charlize Theron. And hot. Same height. I, hot. Same, same height. Same height. Same yeah. skin color. All the above. <laughs> um, <laughs> and people were looking at me like I was crazy. And I've just kind of relinquished that to the universe. I'm like, you know what? 
what they think about me has nothing to do with me. You know what? Uh, two minutes, 46 seconds into the podcast, and we've solved everything. So thank you so yeah. much for coming. Yeah. This has of been course. such a lovely chat. So great. I hope. I wish you all the absolute best. <laughs> yes. Where can the children find you? Um, no. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, Miss Julie J, where do we begin? Where does this journey start as being? Because truly, I mean, I say everything up top, mostly to make you giggle, but you are one of the most, like, creative mind and intellectual mind combination that I've ever seen in a person and I just want to know like that journey like how did we get to Julie J yeah absolutely well ooh, that's a that's a great question question. I feel like it's a big question (laughs) but that's okay that's all right and I'm gonna gonna answer it to the best of my abilities um (laughs) came out of my mouth I was like (laughs) no that's good I I think it particularly, and this is a, this is a good point in time for me to be answering this question because I'm I I have been doing drag for about three years, and I say three years because it's been kind of an an on and off thing. But within the past calendar year, I would say that things have really picked up for me, um, and it's it's kind of because I think in January of twenty. 21. So we were about a year into the pandemic. I just kind of reached a point where I was like, the world is going to end. And at this point, I, I've been doing the thing of like, I think this is what I what other people want me to be doing. And I think that that was the wrong perspective on art making, because I really shouldn't have been concerned with what other people wanted me to do. I should have just been doing the thing that I wanted to do. And so in 2021, I was like, you know what? I I have been teasing the idea of really committing to drag. And the universe keeps sending me these signs that it's the right thing to do. And so as soon as I like really sat down and committed to it, the universe like opened up to me and all of these opportunities started coming and people started really paying attention. Um, And that, that kind of lit the fire in me of like, okay, people are interested in what I'm doing. So I'm just going to keep doing that thing even harder. And I think that one of the things that like sets not to be like, what sets me apart from the other girl? No, I mean, um, this is all about like, you. Yeah. Well, I think what sets me apart is that, like, I I am not afraid to try all of the things. Yeah. You know, like, I, I'm not afraid to do a rap song, a rock song, uh... I, I'll do some spoken word. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm willing to try it all and throw it all at the wall to see what sticks. And I think that 2021 was really that year of like, ha- the first, the first year of doing drag really seriously um, has been what sticks. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And that's okay. It's like, you're at a nightclub. People don't yeah. care as much as you think they do. <laughs> And if they enjoy it, they have a great time. And if they don't, they're fine. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of one of the glories of drag as an art is it it's kind of a an art form that exists f- 
for the individual artists to express themselves how they are. Yes. And mm -hmm. a lot of things don't really, a lot of other art forms don't really work out that way. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you want to mm -hmm. play clarinet at the best of your ability, then you're gonna have to kind of find the uniform way to play it for a yeah. very long time. Absolutely. And the, the thing that's so magical about drag to me is that it, it, you get to see, I was going to say queer, but I guess there's straight people doing it too. Uh, supposedly. <laughs> supposedly. Supposedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, there's straight people who do this too. Um, but from my personal experience, you get to see queer people express their artistic worth in the way that yes. they want to do it without rules from the outside heteronormative world. And it's just magical mm -hmm. when you see people get to blossom like I believe watching you feels like yeah absolutely and it's interesting it's interesting that you bring that up because i think that drag now um has because of the success of television shows like drag race and dragula and uh competitions pageants all of these things that i think a lot of audience members and sometimes show producers and even other queens approach drag from a a standpoint of this is better than that or uh we're we're in a place where we can judge this over that like this work of art over this work of art and it's like i think that that discourages a lot of people from from the freedom to express themselves you know like sometimes when i go to see shows which is sometimes rarely because I, she's working i'm, I'm working <laughs> sometimes i'm tired um but i'm trying to be better about that this year about going to see shows um but when when i see queens performing and i see them in their heads you know like you can see in their eyes of like i have to hit this mark this mark this mark and this mark and it's like i i want us to all be free like i just just be free do what makes you happy if it makes you happy to do country music girl give it give it because if you if you're believing in it and you feel free in it then we will too yeah but if we don't and if we're in that place of like we have to be perfect all the time it's like no and and i think that good drag has a level of grit to it like rupaul says charisma charisma uniqueness nerve and talent like give us the nerve give us you the know. nerve give us the nerve it do take nerve. It do. A show I've seen. <laughs> yes. A show that you have seen. The show that I host, Sundays at the Q. Um, and that's like the space that I want to cultivate. A, yeah. a space where it's like queens being unafraid to take risks. Because it's like, well, that's who we are. We're Drag queens, we are, we are culture makers. Mm. You know, we create culture for people. And you see it in like fashion magazines and designers, music videos, you know, everyone is pulling from, from what we're doing on a local scale. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and I think as live performers, there is this fear that creeps in because everything is filmed, even if it's live. And so missteps and blunders and not even those just things that you try that aren't the best for you get like immortalized in a way that 
doesn't feel as free as you know what growing up performing live felt like and yes i think for a lot of people it it i watch them freeze up i mean i do the same thing um mm-hmm. you go i go to sing in a concert that i haven't sang in a concert in six months i know it's being recorded i'm shitting bricks absolutely because it's forever i mean that video is forever mm-hmm. yeah but it's important to remember the freedom that we felt when we stepped into these places and why we keep wanting to do it. Yes, absolutely. And it's interesting because I, back in 2021, early 2021, I did a a drag competition and it was my first time back into live performance since the, uh, because I had done digital stuff, but it was my first time back uh, in front of a live audience with live people. And this was back when drag shows, when we had to wear the clear masks. Mm. I don't know if you ever went to any of those shows. The performance um, art of it all. The performance art <laughs> the, on the performance art. <laughs> yes, fully the performance art on the performance art. I hated wearing those masks, but I wa- I recently rewatched a video uh, from that night, and I could see in my eyes how I was like, it was I was like white knuckling the performance. You know, like it was like I, it was like a head rush. I was I just it. It seemed like I was driving with no uh, seatbelt, you know, and just just saying, all right, we're just we're going as hard as we possibly can. Um, And I think that so many of the artists that I know, whether it's in nightlife or theater or music, anything like that, as soon as things started to open back up, it was like this mad dash to show that we're still here. We're still making art. We're still present. But on the flip side of that, it's like, how many of us were taking inventory of ourselves being like, okay, pre-pandemic, we were working ourselves to the bone, Mm -hmm. you know, to like leave a mark and to be, you know, try to be notable and chasing fame and all of these things. And now on the other side of the pandemic, which really we're not on the other side, we're just deeper into it. It's like what what are we really looking for as artists you know are we looking to showcase ourselves the best that we can are we looking to impress people are we looking to make money um it's just you know all of these questions of like how what's the most sustainable way to be an artist now because it wasn't really sustainable before no <laughs> we just, no 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 we were wasn't. just like used to it we were just, yeah, we, yeah. We just, were just used, used to, to it. no like bus club, another club, another club, bus, and no then sleep, no sleep, and then going to the day job, <laughs> oy, oy. to try to you know make ends meet here in New York City, uh, but still, still managing to somewhat get by, and I think that it's there's a bit of an illusion to drag, you know, that people think that, uh drag is like a lucrative thing and i think that that the allure of television has lent itself to that yeah but like drag is a break even art form like i i don't really i don't really make a profit from drag like any money that i make from drag goes right back into it because there's like this expectation of like yes. new look new act new 
and yes. like kind of weekly, I would assume. Yes, absolutely. And I think some of that is like a pressure that I put on myself, of course. Um, but it's also like, I know that in order to take the steps that I want to take with my career, that those are, those are things I just have to keep in mind. It doesn't mean that I have to wear a different thing every single time that I go out. Um, but I have to be smart about the image because as drag queens, we're the managers, we're the assistants, we're the <laughs> makeup artists, costume design, you know, we're everything. It's like a one person enterprise. It's, it's an interesting venture. And it's one that I think requires a lot of resilience. Yeah. You know, like even earlier, we're talking about just the, just the act of going on the train and drag. It takes, it takes it do bravery. Take nerve. Yeah. It do take nerve, you know, to just walk out of the door. And Bob the Drag Queen, in an interview, she, <laughs> she talks about getting on the train and drag. Um, and once, I think once you, once you realize that like, drag is just an expression of power, you know, because it, what it's really doing is just breaking the stereotype of, of human existence. You know, we, we talk about the realness, mm -hmm. you know, but even the, the concept of realness is like, we're aspiring to, we're not aspiring, we're emulating a fantasy. Yeah. Because very rarely are you emulating like an average woman who works yeah. in an office right right like i'm not <laughs> and at no point in time is my drag trying to be like a sylvia who works in human resources <laughs> you know at t-mobile mm -hmm. <laughs> even though she's great she's stunning she's and we fair. Love she got her. me a great deal love she her. got you a great deal yes listen at the same time it's like uh i i i want to live the whatever fantasy I'm feeling like that day. And it varies, you know, not every day. I'm like, Oh, I'm a bad bitch. Mm -hmm. You know, some days I'm like, I'm a vulnerable bitch. And that's okay. You are, you just are so like in tune with yourself and introspective. Was that how you always were growing up? Or is that something that you like have found in your later years? Yeah, my in my late <laughs> years, I I I think it's always been that way. I'm I. A lot of <laughs> my friends will tell me that I'm I overthink things, um, but I think it's because I. I just I I do I think about things a lot, and I think. There is there is a bit of spontaneity that comes with the way that I think, though, because even with numbers like songs that I do or numbers that I think about doing sometimes they change based on the day you know like I'll I'll show up to the show and be like actually I'm gonna do this today because that's how I'm feeling um so I've tried to be a little bit better about relinquishing some of that in my headness um but since I've since I was young and I've I've been artistic from a very young age and it's always been something that has kind of saved me because it's the place where I can kind of get out of that introspection. 
So I'll be in my head, in my head, in my head, in my head, and then the music starts or the the play starts or the first note of something starts and it's like, now I can be in the moment. Mm. And I don't have to live inside of my head so much. The fact that you can, like, do that is truly magic. I don't know how many times I step up to perform and... I'm fully in my head, you know, or like I'm putting together an audition thing and I know that I'm filming myself for it and I'll be singing whatever. And then I'll be like, well, well, I can, I could feel that my eyebrow was weird. So I'm thinking about that now and da, 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 da. (laughs) Yes. You know, um, Mm -hmm. and I think doing drag has helped me with, with what you're talking about, because I feel like I, there were moments where I would feel what you're feeling um but with with drag it's like it's like if if the persona that you've created doesn't care <laughs> about all of those yeah. things then then it's okay and i think that like for for me in drag it's like the the eyebrow it's funny you bring up eyebrows because and all queens will tell you this that when you get to the point of the makeup where you're drawing on your eyebrows, one of them is always slightly off. <laughs> slightly off. They're, I say, we say cousins, not sisters. You know, they're not identical. Mm-mm. And that's okay. It, you, it just reaches a point in the makeup where you have to say, it doesn't matter. It's okay. It's going to be fine. You got to let that little bit of imperfection in there. Yeah, you have to leave that little bit. Leave it in there. If it... I'm going to regret saying this, I'm sure, later. But if I don't want my eyebrows to ever be perfectly symmetrical. One day you're going to do it and you'll be like, I can never go back. I can never go back. Exactly. It's gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to reach a point where I'm like, damn, you're like, I look fucking good. You're like, quick, take a photo, take 600. I'm posting them every day for the next every year. Day. It's the same yes. look. Yes. It's the same look. But it's that little, bit, that little bit of imperfection that reminds people that we're human. Mm-hmm. I love seeing that in performances. Absolutely. Well, and the the concept you were talking about where you're like, if I've created this persona that doesn't give a fuck, I don't give mm-hmm. a fuck, is yeah. why we're drawn to Lady Gaga's, why we're drawn yes. to Beyonce's, why we're, you know, mm-hmm. like Madonna, like Janelle Monet, like all these yes. performers that just perform down, but you know they can't do that all the time. No. Some days they're gassy and that's just normal. That's normal. We're all gassy. I'm gassy right now. Well, you know, it's the middle of the day. Perfect time to be. It's the, listen, <laughs> all right? I'm on a high-fiber diet, girl. <laughs> Doing the best we She's can. She's healthy. No, so it's just like, if, if we're able to create these versions of ourselves that are superhuman, at a certain point, you'll believe that your whole self is superhuman. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I'm still working on that. I mean, and something that I've been thinking about a lot recently. I've, I've been so blessed to be working as much as I am. Um, but there also reaches a point where you get burned out. Mm-hmm. You get burned out. And the, the, the hero can't save the day every single day. You know, that's just, that's just the fact of life. And we have to, and I'm guilty of this, of not taking the time to like recalibrate, 
to come back. And this is why I mentioned this earlier in in our conversation of I'm coming up on a year now of having my foot on the gas almost nonstop, you know, like not have, not having a single moment to be like, all right, I have worn all of these outfits, worn all of this makeup, made adjustments here and there as we've, as we've come. Thank God over the past year, my makeup has improved. And the good thing about drag makeup, it only improves as you keep going. So <laughs> hopefully I don't go in reverse. Um, at any point. I'll let you know that please keep, yeah. keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on those eyebrows. Um, like, those, those eyebrows aren't even cousins, honey. They are. Yeah, girl. They're yeah, inbred. 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 Let gay cousins kiss, but not those. Not those. Not those. <laughs> but I'm, it's like I'm coming up on a year and it's like, how do I? What are the ways that I can elevate? Mm. You know, and we the the word drag itself is, you know, we're we're dragging out identity. You know, we're like expanding it as far as we can go. And it's like, how, what's, what's the next step of, of Julie J expansion? Well, and sometimes that means pulling back. It's weird. It's one of those like progress things, right? Where you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, I got started. And like, I'm saying yes to everything because one, I'm happy to be asked (laughs) Two, I'm like excited to perform. And then you do it for a year and you're like, okay, I want to elevate. But in order for me to physically elevate and be a more present version of this, I have to pull Mm -hmm. back. And it feels counterintuitive, Mm -hmm. especially as people who have grown up creatively in the city, to pick and choose and be a little Mm -hmm. choosier. Yes. Uh, Because it feels like you're losing, but it's, it's not... It's just hard. I'm saying this as if I've reached that point, but I'm very not there. Oh, but, but no, you, I know that you know of like sometimes, and Michaela Cole, I don't, have you, did you watch mm, um, mm-hmm. I, I May Destroy, destroy you? you? The best thing I've ever seen in my oh, entire my goodness. life. Fantastic. I just read her. She has a, a book out called Misfits. Um, and in it, she talks about how. Because she only has two television shows. She she has Chewing Gum and then uh, I May Destroy You. But she took like a, a quite a, a break in between doing Chewing Gum and I May Destroy You. And she talks about how taking that time away gave her a better perspective on what to do next. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's pretty much exactly what you just said of like taking that it's that counterintuitive thing of stepping away so that you can take the bigger step later yeah and it's it's hard when you're like a creator performer entity because you Mm -hmm. said it before you're everything you're you're to the point of some of these things aren't actually your skills no you you (laughs) might you know what i mean like you might Absolutely not. not you did i'm guessing you didn't get mm-hmm. into drag because you're really good at managing schedules oh absolutely not you know absolutely you didn't like not. the thing that makes you want to be a performer might not be show running oh no but no. it's part of the gig <laughs> so it's, it's part like... of the gig absolutely absolutely and i i feel like in some ways being in theater before committing to drag this 
this intensely, it, it kind of, uh, it helped. <laughs> it helped. It helped because particularly in New York City, you know, you might even do like some small production here and there. Um, and you have to move your own prop. You know, maybe there's not a budget for a run crew. Maybe there's not a budget for somebody to do your costume change for you. Um, and if you produce independently in the city, which I know that you know about, it's mm -hmm. like you have to make sure that there's a marketing person. What does the poster look like? Is there somebody who can take tickets and work the door? You know, it's it's and kind there's of there's only this, uh, so many good Judy's. <laughs> and there's only so many you can ask. <laughs> There's only so many you can ask. And listen, drag queens, I love us to death. We are unreliable. We are unreliable people. But we're it's it's not that we're unreliable because we don't want to be. We want to be reliable. It's we're unreliable because we have 17 messages in our DM DMs. People are coming up to us asking us when the next show is. Can you do this show? I literally just this year switched from a physical calendar to a dig to google calendars because i i in the past i was like someone who could only i had to write everything down so mm -hmm. i could see it in front of me um but it was becoming impossible because people would ask me at shows like hey can you do this show in two three weeks and i don't have my calendar with me and i'm like girl You're pulling this no big idea. book out of your like out of your yeah. lap You're like, <laughs> Let Let just like one second, girl. Let me just check. And she's a bald queen, so it's not in her. It's not in her wig. It's not in my wig. It's not <laughs> in my wig. Absolutely not. So nine times out of ten, my phone is in my hand, and it was like at this point, I just, I, I like have to have. And God bless whoever, whoever made Google. God, God bless you. You know what's God funny? Bless I don't know who made Google. I don't either. It's like we know Mark Zuckerberg did Facebook, but who is responsible for Google? I know Steve Jobs. Who did Google? We're listen. We gotta get to the <laughs> at some point because I gotta go give them a kiss on the mouth. Yeah, straight, full, no COVID mask, full no mouth COVID kiss, mask. Mm -hmm. absolutely with tongue, with tongue. Um, none of that clear mask stuff. None of the clear mask. But people will come up to me and they're like, "Girl, when's your next show?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I don't know. I don't know." Um, but I'm blessed that there is a one soon <laughs> yes that's what i'll say i'll be like check my instagram girl check my instagram i'll post about it get on the socials get on the social. well miss julie J, I feel like we've been yeah. talking about this for a little bit but mm -hmm. i do have to ask you the question of the pod which oh, is please. why are you like this when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. 
I am like this because I have no other choice. You know, you're the first person who said that. You know, and I, I've been thinking about this because listen, the I, Alaska and Willem, they'll say like, uh, uh, the friend of the pod. I'm a friend of the pod. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, and because I know the question, I've been thinking about it, and that I think it's like that in this life, I have had no other choice but to be exactly who I am, and. I, not to, not to get too deep, but I, I came out when I was 15 years old. Jesus. It's very young. That's young, baby. Yeah. Very young. And I say very young, really. Uh, Yeah. It shouldn't, there shouldn't be an age on it. And we should, we should, it should be something that's so free to do. From like ten, yeah, than that, oh, you know? absolutely. It should, than that. You should be able to experience all the things that heterosexual people experience. You should be able to have a middle school boyfriend, absolutely, a prom date, a all prom of those date, all those things. It informs how we date as adults, and it's yes, a big, you know, it's why Peter Pan syndrome exists. Yes. But that's a different topic. We're talking different about topic. you. Yes. I know. Listen, I know. I got carried away there. I got We're like away. queer theory. Here we go. Queer theory. But anyway, when I came out. I was 15 and of course at my high school at the time there weren't, I was the only out person at all. Um, but by the time I got into senior year, when I was oh, 18, I guess, um, I had someone reach out to me and they were like, you know, I'm, I'm scared to come out. Like, what, what do I do? Um, and I remember when, when I had made the decision to come out that I told myself that I had to love myself more than whoever else was around me so that if I didn't receive the love and support that I needed, I knew that I had enough inside of myself. And even if that was like 20% battery level, battery saver amount, I still had something for myself. And now that I'm in my mid to late 20s, um, it's like I, I have to lean into that now more than, than ever, even more than when I was 15, you know, at, yeah. at this age, I have to really say the love that I have in myself is, is enough for me right now. And that, and that love manifests itself in drag in performance, in writing, in anything, anything artistic that I can express myself with. Um, Because all of those things make me who I am. That is the best representation of who I am on any given day, (laughs) even on my bad days. Even on bad days. I... I don't know why I'm feeling very emotional as you speak. That's okay. Um, So if if I'm about to cry, cool. Listen, I'll do it with you. Um... But just like being, there's a, there's, it's very scary to recognize in yourself that the only way for you to be the best version of yourself is to be singularly, singularly different than everyone around you and everyone that has raised you. It feels empowering from time to time. 
I love to stomp around and be like, I'm the only one who is me and I'm the only one who writes like this and da 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 da. But then when I sit down and I recognize that I want my things that I make to be shared with other people, it gets really scary that the experience that I want to share and the experience that I want to create with me and my friends isn't universal because it doesn't mean success. And it's just like a strange thing about being different that it's like so empowering and so scary at the same time to recognize that we are unique and special and alone and have a great community. It's like, yes. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. And and, and it's, it's hard because I, I think about that as well of like the we're alone, but we're also in a community but we're trying so hard to be unique and set ourselves apart from all of these things. It's like, there, there is no roadmap. There's no easy part of this whatsoever. And I, I feel like I've just been referencing so many things, but it's because like, I have to remind myself of yeah, these references you need, whenever you need I'm touch like, points. yeah, I need touch points. And the, I think uh, there's so many, when we look at things like award shows, like Oscars, Golden Globes, Emmys, all of these things, you know, as like markers for success. I always joke, uh, Alison Janey, when she won her Oscar, she went on stage and she said, I did it all myself. <laughs> and she just laughs. <laughs> and of course, she's like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but of course, there is not everyone is going to be there on the days when it's really hard. When it's really hard, sometimes those days that it's really hard, it's just you. And we have to be able to figure out how to how to push out of that darkness and get to the light. You know, and it takes sometimes it takes people taking time away. You know, like I every time I tell myself, Oh, next month I'm gonna take a break. <laughs> push it it off to the next month you gotta (laughs) plan a trip i I know i gotta plan a trip um but i i told myself because in may in may i'm gonna be at drag con la and it'll be my first time in los angeles which i'm so excited about i feel like you're gonna Um, love it (laughs) yeah listen girl if you i feel like you're gonna love it goodbye (laughs) goodbye New York is done. Listen, this winter has whooped my ass. New York used <laughs> to be fun. Nobody has fun anymore. Nobody has fun. We're all inside. Um, but I told myself, I was like, after the, because May will really be like the the full first year cycle of heavy commitment. That like, I really have to take a moment to reassess. I really have to take a moment. And it's, it's like once Pride season is done, because that's that'll be like June, and that's like the busiest time for drag queens in New York City. Really, any nightlife thing. It's like June is the month where like you make all the money. Because <laughs> well, everybody and their mother is like, hey, um, we are H&R Block, and we would love yes! if you came to our morning meeting in full, mm-hmm. drag. Mm-hmm. full um, drag. It's 9 a.m. I hope that's okay for you. And um, mm-hmm. we won't send a car, but we will eh, have yeah. you fill out a W-2. Oh, exactly. and you just have to be like absolutely i will be there Uh i will will take the check you can deposit the check to this this and this and it'll be fabulous um but yeah it's like in in june 
I'm like, all right, I'm really anticipating hopefully a lot of work. But after that, like I'm telling you right now, in July, it's going to be a calm Julie J month. <laughs> maybe just maybe just my Sundays. She'll be in a nice slack. She'll have yes. a, a gorgeous top and she'll sit absolutely. for a lot. And you know what? She's worked hard mm-hmm. for it. She has. She, she absolutely has. has. <laughs> What's your favorite thing about being queer? Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. I think I think my favorite thing about being queer is the joy. The joy of the simple things, like the first sip of a great cocktail at your favorite bar in New York City. Your favorite queen is performing on stage. She's doing your favorite song. Um, and the moment is fleeting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like this, that, that moment that you have right there, it might not come back again. But my God, you had it. And how glorious was it? I think about like the first time that I saw drag live. I I think I had just graduated college. And maybe I, I actually I might have still been in college. Maybe it was my senior year and it was spring break. I was staying in the city and I was in Brooklyn walking down the street with my friend Yaya and we walked past Metropolitan and on the outside of Metropolitan, there was a poster and it was like Latrice Royale live tonight. And we were like, Oh my God, we have to go. We have to go. We have to go. I've never seen a drag show. I want to see it so bad. And we went and we were at the back of the room and it's Metropolitan. So it's like packed. It's packed. It's like a Friday or Saturday night. You're like kind of seeing the show. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like barely, barely seeing the show, but thank God Latrice Royale is practically seven feet tall um, in heels. large and in charge. Large and in charge. And I was mesmerized. I was mesmerized. And I was like, this, this is joy right here. Personified. It's, it is in its rawest form what joy is. And from that moment on, I, I've just been, I've just known that like my purpose in life is to showcase joy and and vulnerability because joy joy can come from a vulnerable place um and it could also be showcasing the journey to get to that joy well and showcasing joy is vulnerable yeah absolutely because everyone wants to be cool Mm -hmm. so being happy and joyful is sometimes just as vulnerable as crying or being angry Mm -hmm. i have my friends uh playfully tease me because also as we've been quote-unquote leaving this pandemic and we've been able to gather again (laughs) Mm -hmm. you recognize how important queer spaces are and without a doubt once the music's right every time i'm out i will turn to somebody and say i love being gay Mm. because i do because it's yeah. it's it's special to be in that space and hear our music and see our people and i didn't know that i needed that or that that was sustaining me until it was taken away and like yes 
I don't even yes. work in nightlife. I don't even drink. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's community for our our spaces are those spaces, and so having them back, I will constantly look up at a disco ball and say, "I love being gay," and my friends will be absolutely. like, "We know." <laughs> yeah, we know. They're like, "Girl, girl, we, girl, know. we know. We, we know. know. We saw we you know. be gay we over know. there. We saw you be gay right. with him. We saw you be gay with right. them." <laughs> We know. <laughs> Who haven't you been gay with? Who haven't you been gay with? <laughs> <laughs> Who haven't you been gay with? Ooh. New York oh, is not as big as people though. think it is. <laughs> I, I tell people that, girl, when people come and visit me, I'm like, listen, if we go out to the club and somebody says they know me, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> and you know what? I don't. I don't. I don't know them. I may have known them at a time. Mm-hmm. I knew them for an hour. It's yes. fine. And it's, you know, you know, Aaron, my roommate. Mm. Sweet. True. And Aaron comes to me. Yes. Angel, he comes to a lot of shows with me, um, and <laughs> somebody will come up to me and they'll be like, "Oh my God, you're so you're so great! Like, we met you at this, this, and this, and we we you know love coming to see your shows." And I'll of course be so gracious and thankful. And but girl, I I don't be remembering who people are. No, you meet a lot of people. Sometimes it's really hard. I meet a lot of people, and especially in I will say, I will say in nightlife, there are usual suspects. Yeah. And you, you pick up on it a lot, but I, I have never been good with faces and names. I'm also supposed to be wearing glasses and or contacts all the time, but in drag, I can't wear glasses, number one, and I hate wearing contacts. She's out there blind, giving you blind. two giving crooked, shows. True crooked <laughs> eyebrows. Two crooked eyebrows. Can't even see you. <laughs> Can I browse a dream? Can't see. Just praying to God that I just don't pray just that face get plant. She's like, mm-hmm. does the stage is this stage above the people? Mm-hmm. Could it not Absolutely. be? Absolutely. <laughs> and it's a testament too to like how many times I've fallen downstairs in drag too, because I've I've fallen many a times. Uh, I've fallen down the stairs at the queue. I've fallen downstairs. Oh at no, the subway station. It's because I can't, I can't I can't see. But I'm still I'm still giving it. You're still giving it. Still pumping. Still pumping, still pumping. But I love that. I love that about like those moments that you you know see the disco ball and say to yourself like I love being gay. And I I think for me it's like when I when I'm looking out when I'm on stage when I'm looking out at the crowd and I see people I see people experiencing joy. That that's the moment that I'm like ah. Oh, Thank God for queer people, mm. you know, and I think that we appreciate those moments of joy so much. Those those fleeting moments of like, oh, this queen is doing this song this one way and it'll never, never be replicated again. This exact atmosphere and moment is because we've had to fight so long for those moments of joy. That we just have an appreciation. I will literally never here i know where i've been from hairspray again the same yeah. way because of you <laughs> oh, like the you. music started playing and i was like oh yeah this song i've known mm-hmm. this song since high school and yes. then i'm like girl i don't think i knew this song i didn't know this song. i did not know this song mm-hmm. and that's just the power of drag and that's the power of julie J. listen listen and if i can change a perspective on something then i've done my job girl Ooh. Well, Miss J, as we wind down the podcast, I asked this of all my guests. Do you have any questions for me? Yes. Ooh, okay. I am curious to know 
where do you see yourself? Because I feel like we've been talking a lot about like our lives up to this point, but I've been thinking about this for myself a lot recently. Where do you see things for yourself in the years to come? What do you What do you hope? Funny, you've been saying you asked me that because I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, yes, here you go. My hope is that I'm writing and performing. What I currently see right now isn't that, and it's kind of confusing to me. Um, because I I love doing this. There's no income coming from this. I love the comedy stuff that I've written, but like, where am I gonna do it? We're still stepping back out. I love doing musical yeah. theater, but I'm filming it in my room for the third year in a row. Mm. Like, it's just very... I'm confident in my skills, and I am confident in my ability. I am not confident in the industry welcoming new people in the way that I want it to for yeah. a very long time, and I honestly don't know if I can wait that long. Yeah. yeah. So for it's me... Real. That's real. It's been kind of a burnout week on that. Um, and we're just kind of seeing what we what we do and what makes things go. But yeah, I've been thinking about that. I mean, I am thirty, and and I don't think that. I mean, I've been better shape. I am healthier than I've ever been. I am more focused than I've ever been. But it is something where I'm like, okay, like, do I want like to be hoofing it? For another five years, do I want to find something that's stable? Will that make me like, what do I, what is the life goal that is unrelated to career that I want so that I can get the job that allows me to live that way? Whereas I've always tied the two together as a creative. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, That might just be rambles. Does that make any sense? That makes so much sense. Okay, good. That makes so much sense. And, ooh, yeah. It's, I thought it was thinking about this this morning, actually, of just how you you used the word stable, mm. which is like something I've been thinking about so much recently. And I think industries like theater, like nightlife, are so inherently unstable that it's like almost impossible sometimes to feel like there's even a trajectory to take. There's no like ladder. There's no, No. if you do, if you take this job, you can grow and you'll go here and you'll go there and you'll go there. It's very, it feels very scary. And like, as I look around and I'm, you know, dancing at these parties, having a blast and there's an accountant next to me, I'm like, they're having the same amount of fun as I'm having. They just have a 401k. (laughs) in retirement and life insurance regular insurance like they're not regular insurance they're not convincing someone named jen down the street to do their prep work just for fun you know and there was Mm -hmm. there was a sexiness to that instability in my youth in my youth um in our youth in our youth we're still young we're not Uh, aarp age just yet (laughs) but you know see me at elmer's when that discount kicks in Um, right absolutely that I, I mean, I really leaned into. I really overdid it with drinking. I really overdid it with a lot of stuff. I don't regret yeah. those moments. They made me who I am now. But Absolutely. it's hard not to reflect on it and be like, damn, I wish I was just like a little more focused. I guess pre 
pandemic nobody saw it coming like you can't judge yourself that way but here i am yeah absolutely and you know what i think and i i tell people this this is something that i like you know on hinge and tinder they have like the questions that you can like answer for the dating profile Mm -hmm. and they're like what are you looking for in another person and i have always said patience because we're all doing our best I promise you, we're all doing the best that we can. And sometimes our best is our worst. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. I can try my best at basketball. It is not good. It ain't good. It ain't great. (laughs) It ain't great. And I've seen you do it. it No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) And I told you to stop playing basketball. (laughs) And I told you to stop. (laughs) As you're riding your bike with one one eyelash on, going to the game. With one eyelash on, fighting for my life. Fighting for your life. Fighting for my life. Oh, but thank you so much for having me, love. Oh, thank you for coming. Such a wonderful conversation. I can and will talk to you for years and years to come. Yes. Where can yes, the children please. find you? Where can they tip you? Where can where drop it all? Drop it all. Yeah. Listen. So you can find me on Instagram, and I lead with Instagram because that is pretty much websites for drag queens um Mm -hmm. (laughs) my instagram is at juliej.nyc um and i'm at the q in hell's kitchen every sunday in april i'll be at playhouse every tuesday um i have a monthly show called sylvester at a bar called purgatory in bushwick and what else? There's so many other things, but I, you can find me on Venmo mm-hmm. for tips at Julie J underscore NYC, which is different than the Instagram. So Instagram is the dot. Venmo is the underscore. Get that right. Cause you can't get that money back. Listen, unless, mm-hmm. and, and don't be putting, uh, don't be putting too much information in the memo. I ain't trying to get taxed <laughs> on it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Everything is for, you know, just a piece of lettuce yes. and a uh... piece of lettuce. Thank you for the tacos, girl. <laughs> Thank you for the tacos. Oh, uh, it has been such a pleasure. If you are in New York at all, you see Julie J on a lineup, go, 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 go. I promise you, you will love it. It will be just as moving, just as insightful. And she'll probably be doing something kooky crazy that you will love and enjoy Mm -hmm. absolutely well until next time y'all bye